go ahead and pray. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that it never turns back void. Lord, thank you for each person, Lord, that decided to serve our country and gave their lives, Lord, um, for our freedoms, Lord, that we experience today, Lord. Um, Lord, they all willingly sacrificed their time, families, lives, Lord. And uh, just thank you for them, Lord. Thank you for those that served in our military. And um, just ask, Lord, that you would be with those who have experienced losses, Lord, while they've served and still dealing with that, Lord. Why are they here and why are those gone, Lord? And so just be with them today, Lord, as they deal with that this weekend. And uh, just thank you and give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. So by way of announcement, so um, we have Second Saturday Movie Nights coming up um, June 10th will be uh, our next one. Super excited about that. Please invite some people. Come on out. Um, hopefully our food trucks will show up this time. Last time they didn't. That was kind of frustrating. Um, and uh, we ended up buying pizza for everybody. And then... Um, Men of Valor uh, is June 3rd, so please show up if you're a guy. Come hang out with us, 9 a.m. Uh, for breakfast and an awesome opportunity to connect. And uh, just Roy always gives a great teaching um, on that Saturday, so it's an awesome thing. Um, the youth camp uh, is coming up uh, June 12th through the 16th. Um, if you have any students that are uh, in from 14 to 18, um, and want to go to the camp? Uh, we're cutting sign up. We're cutting off signups this next week, and then uh, we're just, we have a group that's already going. But if you know somebody that wants to go, let us know. Um, and then our VBS is uh, oh darn it! I didn't fix it on here. I was supposed to fix it. It's the week before the twenty fourth. What what is it on the slide? Yeah, seventeenth through the twenty first. Um, so if you have kids that are of elementary age, uh, registration is open now. You can register through um, our app um, online. There's a couple of different places. And if you have any questions, you can talk to Chris, who leads our kids' ministry. What's the next slide on the announcements? Yeah, no. I thought, why is that there? I thought we took that out. Um, also, Danielle is almost fully funded. She has a little ways to go on her missions trip. Um, so praise the Lord for all that have donated to that already. And uh, she's been working really hard raising funds, using our coffee trailer for that as well. And uh, there is information on the back if you want to grab it. Um, she printed out an eight and a half by 11 explanation of her missions trip. It's on the welcome table behind at the, at the back of the room. Grab that. To keep that with you. Gina and I have a, um, a I don't know how, you, string with clips, and so we have a bunch of different missionaries and missions trips people and people in ministry and just family and friends, really, that we have on a prayer wall in our hallway. And so it's always good to just grab, you know, a reminder of somebody who's taken a missions trip. And so those are on the back table at the welcome booth. Um, and then uh, is there any other ones? You can join us. We have a WhatsApp chat if you want to do that. Um, everyone run up here and take a picture with their phone right on the QR code. And then... Uh, Every day at 111, we pray for all of hers. We pray for the Good News Club that happens here every Thursday. We have two more, actually, that are going. One more, one more, and then we're off for the summer, and then we'll start back up school year. Um, and then um, pray for our outreaches that we do. We do a skate park outreach once a month. Pray for the movie nights. We share the gospel at the movie nights. 
Um, pray for Let's Go Youth Rally. That's in September. Um, and uh, man, yesterday when we went out to the skate park, it was kind of a slow day when we were out there. And we're like, okay, I guess we're just all out here cooking hot dogs for ourselves. But then, you know, some students showed up and we were able to minister to a gentleman that's uh, 21 years old, man, and just really needed encouragement yesterday. And we read uh, through the, the track that talks about the gospel and how to come to know the Lord. And he prayed yesterday to invite Jesus into his heart. And so if you want to pray for him, um, his name's Cameron. And uh, Roy was able to show him where the church is. And so, um, man, it's always a neat opportunity to just put ourselves out there, right? We just have this most amazing gift inside of us, which is salvation that Jesus gave us. And we shouldn't be selfish with it. We should always be looking for opportunities to share the love of Jesus with others. And so um, that was just a, a, a neat experience yesterday. It always is. Every time we go out, if you guys have nothing to do um, on the Saturdays that we go do outreach ministry, join us, please. Um, also, tomorrow will be um, our last time. Well, it might be our last time. Uh, we'll be out at all of uh, Lynnhurst High School tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. I know that school's out tomorrow, but you know, just because of that doesn't mean that we're not going to go there in the parking lot and pray. So we're going to meet in the parking lot at the school at 7 a.m. Lead, Tony leads worship. I'm not sure if he's going to be there tomorrow. I know he's busy this weekend at work, but, um, but that's at 7 a.m. at Lynnhurst High School. And uh, I think that's it. If you have any questions or anything, let me know. Are you guys okay? Did the TV turn off, Roy? Okay. Just a blank slide. Okay. Let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll get into our study today. Jesus, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that it never turns back void. Thank you so much, God, for just the privilege to sit at your feet and to hear from you. Uh, Lord, I pray that you get me out of your way and that you would just uh, teach us what you want to teach us today, God. Pray for those that couldn't make it today that are dealing with um, health concerns, Lord, that you would just bring healing. And uh, just thank you so much for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. I forgot to mention, if this is your first time here, there's a gift bag in the back that has a mug and some information about the church as well. And uh, there's connection cards behind the seats. If you have a prayer request, it's not just for your information, but if you have a prayer request, uh, fill it out, put it in the offering box in the back. Um, if you want to give to this ministry, the offering box is in the back, and you can give online securely with Tidely as well. So, um, and then, yeah. So, anyways. I got myself confused there talking about gift bags after praying for our study. So today we're going to be in Romans chapter 5, the latter part. We're finishing up Romans chapter 5. And so we're continuing through our study here at Mentonway. We go book by book, verse by verse, unless the Lord gives us a topical message to give. So um, I'm going to go ahead and read the verses that we're going to study today, and then we'll um, break them apart and see what God speaks to us through them. Romans chapter 5, verse 12, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. 
for the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation, but the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. Praise the Lord. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we see here in Romans chapter 5, verse 12 through 21, Paul gives a contrast between two men, one Adam and one Jesus Christ. And it's also important to understand that these two men, I, I know Jesus is God, 100% man, 100% God, but he was man in the flesh on this earth. These two people, Adam and Jesus, had a federal um, authority um, over mankind. They were representatives of the whole human race in regards to how sin came into the world and how God allowed righteousness and, ju and just and grace and mercy to come into the world. So we see here in, that, that in Romans 5 verse 12, um, that through Adam, sin entered the world, where it says, therefore, just as through one man, sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sin. That's what happened at the garden. Sin entered the world. Death entered the world. Until Adam and Eve sinned, um, they were walking with God. They, they, they had a relationship with Him. They weren't separate from Him. Death didn't exist. So through Adam, sin entered in the world, and because of sin, death entered into the world. You see, before the fall in the garden, there was no sin and death. Death is a consequence of man's decision to disobey God. Who was Adam? Adam was the man who decided to disobey God. He decided to say that, God, I don't trust your word. I don't trust what you're saying. And he obeyed. He listened to his wife. No offense. I'm not trying to say wives are less than or men are less than. And, and some people blame Eve all the time. But the reality is, is that Adam was the first and he had the authority and he's the one that was held accountable. So this decision Adam chose affected all of mankind. You see, Adam had a federal position. His choice caused the human race to experience death, just like we have a federal president. When he signs something into law, he is representing all of the country, and it affects all those that are in the country. So was the position of Adam. His choice to disobey God in the garden brought not only spiritual separation from God, but physical death. That's where death came from. You may say, okay, well, Eve was the one that sinned first. Yes, this is true. But Adam was created first, making him the head of the two. The leader is always the one held responsible for the family. Death spread to all men. All of the human race from Adam to the last person on earth have experienced or will experience death. We won't read it. 
we, I'm sorry, we won't read it today, but Genesis chapter 5 gives the lineage of Adam, and you see the reoccurring statement over and over pertaining all that had lived. And at the end of the lineage of each person, it says, and he died. It was final. We can't get away from it. It's impossible to circumvent that in our own strength. And so Paul is painting a picture that sin actually created a problem that man can't circumvent. It's impossible. But there's a fun fact here. There was one exception to this. His name was Enoch. I'm going to read this to you because I thought, you know, if I say that all people are going to experience death, you have to be honest with there is one person that didn't that was a human being, and it was Enoch. Genesis chapter 5, verse 23 through 24 says this, So all the days of Enoch were 365 years, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. It's interesting. It doesn't say why or anything. It just, as you were reading through the lineage, it just says that this happened. And this shows that God can do whatever he wants at any time. He has absolute authority. So, but the majority of the rest of the world, we see we all pass away one day, and it's because of Adam. He sinned and created that. Verse 13 of Romans, we see, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed when there is no law. So that's fascinating. So it's important to not read into this in a way of saying that, well, that means that I, my sin's not going to be accounted to me at all. But even before the law of God was given to mankind through Moses, sin was still in the world. See, people would say, oh, well, what about this? You know, the law wasn't given, and so sin didn't exist, but that's not true. Sin was in the world before the law was given. See, the law did not create sin. The law shows us that our sin is actually sinful, but it does not create the existence of sin. Without the law, sin was not imputed. Therefore, although there was sin during the time between Adam and the law of God given to mankind, there was no transgression because transgression is the violation of a known law. But sin is not imputed as a transgression when there is no law forbidding it. So there's still, sin still existed, but it was not, the breaking of the law didn't exist at the time because it was not imputed because the law hadn't been given. The 10 commandments hadn't been given yet. Paul continues right in verse 14, nevertheless. So in other words, even though the law wasn't given, that really doesn't matter because nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. In other words, in that timeline, when Adam sinned and then Moses was the one who brought the law, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. So even though between Adam and Moses in that timeline, before the law was made, death still reigned. And so Paul is writing out showing that the reality of sin is, is death. That shows that sin exists in our life. That's a common thing. And you want, you want to talk to people about eternity or, you know, you want to know, and it's kind of, you know, you don't want to start, hey, do you know you're going to die one day? And we can, you know, you don't want to start a conversation with that. But Paul is, again, he's uncovering any um, dispute or any argument that states that people aren't in need of Jesus being the Savior. And so we see uh, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to uh, uncover the contrast between Adam and Jesus. <clears throat> so in verse 14, we see that not one person could escape the fact that death was going to happen from Adam to Moses. 
which is the time that God's law was not given to man between that timeline. Even though there was no transgression because there was no law to break, death still reigned over all of mankind. It reigned over those that did not sin the way Adam did. Adam directly disobeyed a rule that God said not to do. Even if people didn't directly disobey a rule that God might have said to them at that time, they still were going to die. So the issue isn't I obeyed or disobeyed God. The issue is that sin entered into the world and that because of sin, death existed. So Paul is just continuing to uncover the reality of the need for Jesus. That's where all this is going to go. See, in the latter part of verse 14, where it says Adam is a type of who was to come, this can be a little confusing. But what is being said here is that as one man who is Adam, the federal representative of all of mankind, he brought sin and death into the whole world because of his position that God gave him through his single act of disobedience to God. Who is to come is Jesus Christ, who is the federal representative to the world of God's grace. Through Jesus Christ, who was 100% God and 100% human, through Jesus Christ, one act on the cross, he brings the grace of God and forgiveness of sins available to all of mankind. So that's what it's speaking of where it says, who is a type of him who is to come. So with Adam, one act brought death and sin into the world. With Jesus, one act when he died on the cross brought forgiveness. So you have the contrast of basically two kings. One in the beginning failed. And because one in the beginning failed, God sent King Jesus to reconcile what Adam failed at. It's amazing the reality of what God did through his son, Jesus. I encourage you to go and read Genesis. And as you read through Genesis, you'll see this repeating theme of man failing right out of the garden. I mean, here, it's, it's funny. You have the, okay, you know, in school, right? You, you, you kind of work to the, the common denominator, right? You got to find the end, re, the end common denominator to figure out your equation, right? Well, Adam and Eve were in the most common place. They literally, it was just those two and God. There was no other, they were in perfection. And it's amazing that even in the Garden of Eden, and I talk about this a lot when we get into discussions about Genesis and when Paul's writing about the things that happened and how Jesus came to save us, even where there was perfection, there still was the fault of man to follow after something besides listening to what God wanted him to listen to it. And you still go through Genesis and you see man continuing to sin, continuing to sin, continuing. You think, oh, maybe they would have got it. Well, then you have Cain and Abel, right? The first two brothers, Cain kills Abel. Why? Because Abel, Cain didn't want to obey God. He was jealous. Then you have all of mankind, just everyone sinning horribly. And the only righteous people is Noah's family. Okay, so God destroys everything that was created upon the earth, all breathing things except what's in the ark. And that's a picture of God's grace and salvation, right? And then even after that, Noah, I mean, Noah builds a vineyard, gets you know, drunk for whatever reason, and his son sees him naked and something happens there. 
and there's sin still, even after all of that. And so the reality is that God foresees everything that happens in our life. He sees the depth of man's sin, and yet he still places Jesus in, in, the, in the picture of it all. And we see this contrast of Adam that brought sin in the world and Jesus that brought reconciliation and forgiveness and grace. And so Paul continues, he contrasts these two leaders, these two federal, these two people that had a federal position. I have a hard time calling Jesus people, even though he was, because I know he's God. But positionally, though, they had similar positions. Each of them affected mankind. Now we will see the actual contrast between these two, that death through Adam and life through Jesus Christ. Verse 15, I love this. If you guys have a Bible, underline this. But the free gift, it's free. The free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. I would encourage you to underline the, where it says the free gift and where it says much more and where it says the gift and then where it says abounded. Notice here that what God did through his son, Jesus Christ, it is a free gift. It is not like the offense. The act of Adam that brought death, it's not like that. God's grace is much more than this act of disobedience. Again, this gift that is the grace of God by the grace of Jesus Christ allows this gift to abound to many. Grace upon grace, free gift of life, abounding. Where we see here in this verse, Paul is contrasting how the grace of Christ, where it, it is over and abundantly greater than what happened through Adam. And if you look at that at face value, what it's saying is that what we gain or the world gained when Jesus Christ came and died and buried and resurrected is over and abundantly above death. Can you guys say amen to that? That's free to us. We don't pay for it. It's free. But with a gift, you have to receive it or you don't experience what the gift really is. It's fascinating. We continue to read in verse 16 of Romans 5. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from the one offense resulted in condemnation. Those that do not have Jesus, oh, I bit my lip, that hurt. Those that do not have Jesus, they stand condemned before a holy God. Condemnation came through, through into the world because of Adam's sin. I love this though. Again, but the free gift, which came from many offenses, resulted in justification. I love this verse because it's not just one offense. It takes into account every sin that was committed and will be committed in the whole world. God's grace covers it. It's not a license to sin. It's a reality that God gives us as sinners. It's an amazing gift. And if the Holy Spirit lives in you, then God has ordained you and commissioned you to go share that gift with others. Don't be selfish with this gift. 
It's the most amazing thing you could ever tell somebody. I challenge you this week. Get out of your comfort zone. At the grocery store, tell somebody that Jesus loves them. See what happens. You'll be all scared and nervous and everything. And oh, Brian's voice telling me in my head. Hopefully it's the Holy Spirit. Tell somebody, Jesus loves you. Tell someone. And they might all of a sudden look at you dead in your soul and say, wow, I needed to hear that. There's time, I don't know if you've experienced that before. Time and time again that I just do that simple thing. And I'm scared before I open my mouth because our flesh doesn't want to have anything to do with the Lord. And the enemy doesn't want us to speak Jesus because there's power in his name. And you open your mouth and you tell somebody Jesus loves them. You'd be surprised what happens. Like those tracks at the back table, man. You got invite somebody to church, have a discussion about other people's worldviews with other religions, and that little track with the yellow thing and the guy and the question mark that talks about coming to know Jesus. You know what I've been doing? I've been handing that to somebody, that track, and said, hey, this is for you. Read it later. We don't have to read it now. They can see. It's okay. You want you want to oh. Thank you. Is this for me to read it later? Sure. Yeah, see how easy that was? I have something for you. Yeah. That's what I tell people. This is for you. This is for you. Because it is for them. It's a free gift. The simple words in here is a free gift. We printed a thousand of them. Get rid of them. They're not meant to sit in a box, please. Put them in your car. Put them in your glove box. Just don't leave them there. I usually have one in my back pocket, actually. But God, what we gain through Jesus, this free gift, it abounds over the offense. In verse 16, but the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. That means we stand justified before Jesus. That's a cool thing because none of us deserve that, you know? When we woke up, we woke up needing that to rea- the reality, to be reminded of that reality. And could you imagine like if there's somebody that you come across and they don't, and they feel down and they feel judged or they feel condemned because of where their life is and you share this with them, do you know that it will break open a sense of freedom in their life? You know, because there's freedom in Jesus. There is absolute freedom in him. We see here that this free gift is not like what came through the sin of Adam. In other words, the free gift is not comparable at all to the offense in that it is greater, it is abundantly greater than the the act of Adam. Judgment came through the single offense of Adam resulting in the condemnation of mankind, but the free gift, which is Jesus Christ dying on the cross through the cause of this was the sins of the world, this being the many offenses, this free gift, Jesus Christ's death, resulted in the justification of many. You go to Isaiah 53, by his stripes we are healed. Jesus needed to have his life taken, given over to to God so that we could be justified. A free gift. Paul continues to show this contrast. Verse 17, for if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, 
and underline this whole latter part in your Bible if you want, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. There's so much in these last words that are here. Even though through Adam's disobedience and that it caused death for all of mankind, we see here that much more those that choose, listen, those that choose to receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, their life will not end at death. Praise God. It's amazing. Eternal life we receive. But they will reign in life through the one who is Jesus Christ. It's through Jesus that we receive this. In other words, the life that Christ gives us, it rules over death. Death does not have power over us. See, we learn here in the latter part of verse 17 that where it says, much more those who, in other words, over and abundantly, those who receive. In other words, those who choose Jesus. This person who chooses Jesus receives an abundance of grace. Praise the Lord, I need that. This person who receives the gift that receives Jesus receives the gift of righteousness. This person receives eternal life, all because of Jesus Christ. It is through him that this can be received, but you have to make that choice. Therefore, as through one man's, verse 18 through 20, we see, read this. Therefore, as through one man's offense, again, Paul's contrasting the difference between Adam and Jesus. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men. No one can get out of it. When we go out and we share Christ with people, Lately, the Lord's been reminding me to share with people, unless Jesus is in you, you stand in judgment. You stand condemned already. We learn that in other parts of the Bible, that unless Jesus is in somebody, they stand condemned before him. And this is why we need to pray for those that don't know him. We need to pray for the Holy Spirit to reveal the truth of Jesus. We need to pray for the scales to fall from their eyes and their heart because our eyes have scales upon them and our heart is hardened towards the Lord and it takes a work of the Holy Spirit to change that. We can't save anybody. You cannot save anyone. You couldn't even save yourself. God's word says that we're all sinners that are saved by his grace and he died while we were sinners. And that's important to understand because we can share Christ with people or we can tell people that Jesus loves them or we can give somebody a track. And you know what? You might be shut down. You might be disappointed with the reaction of other people, but that's God's issue and not yours. Just like the other day, I tried to give a track to a guy and he says, no, that's not, I don't want that. He says, I already know about Jesus. And I said, well, what do you know about him? He says, well, that's a private thing. He was hardened. He didn't want to have anything to do with it. You know, totally nice guy, but he was his, he's hardened to have a conversation about it. For whatever reason, it doesn't matter to me. So I just sat in my car and prayed for him. That's God's issue. God knows who he is, what he needs. That's why we need to pray. Lord, help. Open the eyes of these people that are in our lives that need to know you. God's faithful to answer prayer. God's word says that The prayer of a righteous man avails much. 
We're righteous because Jesus is in us, and he calls us to talk to him about things, and we're to petition him for his will in people's lives, and the, his will for people's lives is to be set free. And then for them to be trained up, and then for them to be sent out. So we see here, sorry, I got a little sidetracked, but verse 18 through 20, therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift, there's that thing again, free gift, came to all men. In other words, Adam brought condemnation to all men and Jesus brought a free gift to all. Resulting in the result of Jesus, again, it's justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Again, he's contrasting. So because of Adam, Everybody was a sinner, and it was because of his disobedience. Not because God's angry with him, it's because Adam chose to do his own thing instead of follow after God. So also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Jesus was obedient to death, even the death on a cross. We see that contrast in the Garden of Gethsemane when he's praying. It's a horrific thing. He's like, he knew what he had to go through. He knew he was going to wear all of our sin. He knew that was going to happen. And he said, Lord, not my will be, be yours. But he was like, if there's any other way this cup can pass over me, please, God. He was pleading with his father because he knew. But he chose to go to the cross for us. And I'm so glad that he did because it reversed something that I was born into. Sin. And when I choose, chose Jesus, it reversed that condemnation. So you today, if you sit here with Jesus in you, you're not condemned by God. Know that, you know, seriously. You might deal with issues and there's probably sin, there's sin still in our lives that we're confessing and working through. But John 1, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That verse is there so that we can go to him. Not because we're perfect, because we're imperfect. He's sanctifying us. He's making us more like Jesus. He's drawing things to the top and asking us to confess those things so that he being the potter, we're the clay, he's the, the, the jeweler and, and we're the gold in the pot and he's scraping off the junk off the top as we're refined. And we become refined as we serve him, not as we sit, but as we do, as we take steps of faith, as we read his word, as we pray, as we earnestly seek and desire the things of righteousness instead of the things of the world. And that's because the Holy Spirit's in us. God wants those things to work out in our lives. It's amazing that he dusts us off and shines us around. Hey, look at this idiot. I saved him. Well, I'm an idiot too. Well, if God can save him, he can save me. Who did that? Jesus. It's amazing. It never ceases to amaze me. When we go out, man, the skate park, this guy Cameron, you got me and Roy and Art, two, three fools that lived for the world all in, and God plucked us out. And here's a 21-year-old kid that's really in a bad spot, okay, coming off of things that he should never have put in his body. And these three dudes sitting there, and we can just talk to them about it. And we can look at them and say, hey, we know where you're going, but we know the better route, you know? So God took our death that was in our life and made it beautiful so that we could help 
share the life with others that are living in death. Because I don't know about you guys, but I was close to the fire and God pulled me out and he pulled me out so I could sit on my couch. No, so that I could be at a park one day and talking to this kid who was just like me and just like you and just like that old guy back in the back with gray hair. <laughs> and there's people in your life that are just like you, but you need to get out and talk to them because God told the church to be active and not just be a show. And we need the Holy Spirit to stir us up. We have to pray for boldness. God, give me boldness because I am not bold. I'm a very insecure person, by the way. You may not know that. I deal with insecurity. I have voices that hate me, that come into my head. I feel broken all the time. I feel like no one loves me. All the people that I put up here, you know, I feel like they're hurting me. Those are all lies to shut me up and put me down and shove me in a box. But God wants us to be out and talking to people and sharing the love of Jesus. This world wants us to be stuck on a screen because that's the design of it, to desensitize us from the reality that we're to interact with people. And we live in a society where we go to church and we go home. We got our agenda. All, all of you got an agenda planned out today, I guarantee it. I do too. But is Jesus part of that agenda? And so we always have opportunities here to step out in faith, okay? Always opportunities. You want to put your faith to the test? Come follow us to the skate park one day. Come out and pray with us at the school. Serve at the youth rally. Please be praying for the youth rally. If people don't come to know Jesus, I'd probably just buy a yacht and live on it. I'm not kidding. Like, there's so much effort going into this. It's all, we want people to get saved from hell. We want people to experience the reality of what we're reading here, eternal life. It's amazing that for one man's disobedience brought sin into the world, also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous, and that is us. And there are many more that are going to be made righteous because of you guys sharing Jesus and praying. You know, we're going to go to heaven one day and people are going to be, oh yeah, you know, I, I planted 200 churches or Billy Graham, right? The most amazing, you know, evangelist or, or Spurgeon. You know who's going to have bigger crowns than them in heaven? The grandmothers that prayed relentlessly. The people that prayed and never had praise publicly. We don't know what it's going to be like in heaven, who's going to get the greatest gifts, you know? And I'm saying that to encourage you guys that if maybe you're not at the outward person to speaking all the time like we are, but then pray. Without prayer, nothing happens. That's why we pray at 111 every day for this community. That's why we go to the high school and pray. I, I, I'm just dumbfounded at the high school. We got counselors and people saying, thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you for being here. We're just standing out there with a guitar, you know? and praying. Yeah, literally shifting the atmosphere. God's called the body to do that. I love this, verse 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace barely made it. No. Grace abounded much more. 
Can you, can, you, can you look at that in your Bible? But please read that there. And think about the areas of your life, maybe, that you think God can't reach. This verse really is saying that even in, in the end result of sin is death. It's the most final thing, right? But even over all that, like grace abounded much more. That what, what Jesus did on the cross abounds much more. Mucho Augusta, right? Much more, is that? Mm-hmm. See, the law shows us that sin is absolutely sinful and we are incapable of following the law. It reveals that we are absolutely helpless and destitute. But man, look at this so amazing where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. This word abounded, it means all the more. It means beyond. It means even more. It means excessive. It means further. It means greater, more extremely, much more superfluous, excessive. God's grace is excessive. You and I will never understand the depth of it. My old college pastor, Tony Magana, used to tell us when I was at Calvary Chapel Modesto years ago, we have barely begun to scratch, to even scratch the surface of the depth of God's grace towards us. We will fully understand it when we see Jesus face to face. But as we're here on earth, it's so great, it's so immense, it's so overwhelming, it's so abounding that we, we, don't, we barely understand it. But it's there and it's for us and it's a free gift through Jesus. Where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. It's amazing. Verse 21, and we'll close with this. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So as sin brought death through Adam that cannot be overcome, God's grace overcomes through righteousness all the way to eternal life. And this is through Jesus Christ. The question always is, are you one who has chosen and received this free gift? This free gift that God gave through Jesus Christ. Verse 17 shows that this free gift is not automatic. You need to receive this gift. And we have a choice. You have a choice. If you choose to deny this free gift, you stay in a position of judgment and condemnation, not because of God, but because of your choosing to say no to his free gift. And I praise the Lord that we have that free gift, that we don't have to stay there. See, without Christ, you are in a place of death. 1 Corinthians 15, 22 says, for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. So one, we see Adam all die, but through Jesus, all who choose him have life. It's amazing. This free gift that we give, get from him. Christ gives life. John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy, speaking of Satan. And Jesus speaking, he says, I have come, I'm sorry, Jesus speaking in John 10, 10. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. It's not financial stuff. It's literally that our life is abundant, overabundant from death, from being killed, from being destroyed. 
That's why when you see people's lives in the dumps, it's because of sin and their choices to not obey God. As in all of our lives, I look back at my life. Anytime when the, my life was in a dump and I was destitute, it's because I wasn't being obedient. Now, are we going to have circumstances that are frustrating and trials? Yes. This verse here, though, in John chapter 10, 10, does not speak about finances. It doesn't mean that. It's in contrast to what we read in Romans chapter 5, verse 12 through 21, this free gift, this abundant life that overcomes death. Romans 14, 17 says this, God's kingdom is unlike this world. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord that we have joy Joy, overwhelming joy. Whenever I talk to, I'm going to, sorry, I don't mean to use you as an example so much. Every time I talk to Art, how you doing? I am blessed, man. Because he lives in the reality of the contrast of where he was and where he is today. He has joy because of Jesus. Not because he's perfect. That's how we're to live. We're to live that way. The reality that we have been set free how many of you guys have been set free? And are you living in that reality? Amen. Then let's share that this week with others. And let's pray for each other that we might be able to do that. Honestly. Because it's easy to get up here and stand here and us to say amen in this group. But then it's hard when we're in our other environments. You know? Let's go ahead and pray. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for this day. God, thank you so much that you allowed Paul to write this contrast that your grace abounds even more. Your unmerited favor, your love towards us, greater than Adam's sin that condemned the world, greater than our sin, greater than our failures, greater than our addictions, greater than our insecurities, greater. Lord, I pray that you would release us from bondage in our life that we may wear that's not of you. God, that you would meet us where we're at, that we would live a life, God, in the reality of who we are in you and what we gain from you, this free gift. That if Christ is in us, we are free indeed. Thank you for that, Lord. I confess, God, not living that way all the time. I confess not living and thinking this way, not letting this be the mantra in my mind. We need help, Lord. We need help not to be conformed to this world. We need help to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Help us, Lord. Give us a hunger for the Bible. Give us a hunger for prayer. Help us. Thank you so much for each and every person here. Thank you for their lives. Thank you for sustaining them. Thank you for providing for them. Just thank you and give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. If anyone needs prayer after service, did you have a last song, Gigi? No? And does anybody need prayer? Come forward and we'll pray for you today. And